What's up, Imperial? Welcome to the Week 4 Podcast. It's your commissioner, Donish Varani. And today, I got everyone's favorite, the Nani, Chalk Bar Megani. Chalky, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Today, we, uh, we finally get to hear Chalk Bar's side of things. But first, Travis Scott. Chalky, so happy you could join us this week. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just excited for this podcast, man. All right, excited to have you on here. Uh, let's start off with why, uh, why you weren't at the draft party. You know, it would have been the league's first with everyone there. I know, man. I know, um, you know, it was the day after we got back from Cancun, and uh, it'd been a long, busy month with all those weddings and everything going on, so I was honestly just exhausted. Um, and so that day is just kind of like up in the air if I was going to show up or not. And at that point, when I have to work, I was just like, you know what? I just want to smoke hookah, do the draft and chill. So that's honestly, I know no one likes to hear that. No one wants to hear that, but that's, that's the straight truth, man. I was hoping for a better or busier response, but I, you know, couldn't expect anything different than Chalky and the hooks. Um, you know, week one, we had Usman on the podcast who admitted that he didn't know about Le'Veon's situation until he got to the draft. And then he said that he thought, or I guess he assumed, since you weren't there, you had no idea. So to ask the question that everyone's been dying to know the answer to, did you know about Le'Veon's situation before you drafted him? So I had read, uh, you know, stuff going on on the internet about it, you know, um, everything was up in the air, um, but I was, after all the talk that was going on in Cancun, it seemed like Zane was pretty set on taking Le'Veon, you were pretty set on taking DJ, or Gurley, sorry, uh-huh. um, and so I was like, okay, I'll take DJ third, you know, that was the plan, um, but obviously things didn't go that way, and then it came to my pick uh, in the draft, and I was at number three. And Le'Veon was just staring me right in the face. And I was just like, man, you know, like, it didn't seem probable to me that he'd hold out this long, that the Steelers wouldn't pay him. So I was like, you know what? I got to go for it. I got I to gotta take Le'Veon if I can. You know, he's the best running back I think I've ever seen play football, at least, and the best of our generation, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, but so, you know, that was, really, that was really what it came down to. Did you see any of the mock drafts right before our draft where uh, the, his rating went down significantly? So that day was when I, you know, read that y'all were talking about, oh, you know, he's you know, dropping in mock drafts and all that stuff. So I saw that, y'all saying that, but I personally didn't do any mock drafts that day. I didn't get a chance to do anything. It was just, you know, being out of, away from work for a couple of days. It just, I was swamped that day, super busy. So yeah. I didn't get a chance to really prepare the way I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I was honestly, I'm still pretty happy with my decision. You know, things are still looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I am. Um, I think when Bell comes back, whatever team he's on, he's going to kill it. You know, he, like I said, best running back in the league still. So, all right. That actually leads me to my next question. There's been rumors about the Steelers trading Bell. Um, Honestly, I'm sure you've done more research on it than I have. Any idea where he's going to go yet? Um, so the favorites, or at least the most interested team that I think everyone knows at this point, has been the Jets. 
Um, they've been talking about it. It's been all over the internet, you know, but um, where he actually ends up, I really don't know, but I could definitely see him getting joining the Jets, and, um, uh, you know, I think with uh, the offensive tools that they have, he'd be a great fit over there and could really uh, help them out and help them win. Okay, sounds good. You you put him on the trading block. Obviously, you uh, you haven't accepted anything yet. Week two, uh, Sunil Chacha's lines representative, Sunil Jamal, said he offered you Devontae Freeman for Bell straight up. Was that true? Uh, yeah, it was true. Um, but, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman, he has a history of getting injured. Um, and with Tevin Coleman being his backup, you know they're not going to rush Freeman back if they don't have to. And um, that really just made that whole scenario too iffy for me. You know, there have been other trade offers that I've received too, but I just I didn't see, I didn't feel like I was getting a good value. I understand you're not going to get a top one, two, three, or four pick, or even top ten pick at this point, but, you know, I still do expect to get some value for the best running back in the league. Okay, sounds good. Um, so now this was pre-Freeman injury, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, Gotcha. See, Sunil's always leaving something oh, out yeah. in, in the details. Always got something up his sleeve. Enough about Bell. Week one, Usman called you the favorite to win Sacco. And it seems like you tend to start off being the favorite to win Sacco year after year. How do you feel about that? You know, um, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, so I went back and looked. In the first two years... I was not in the Sacco Bowl. You know, I finished second place the first year, finished fourth the second year, you know, so I did pretty well. I think that third year I ended up in the Sacco Bowl, avoided that, where Abbas, um, our former member, ended up becoming the Sacco. The next year I was not in the Sacco Bowl. You know, but really I think it all just comes down to uh, people underestimating, and that's I'm 100% okay with that. Okay. I love being the underdog, uh, you know, just... No expectations means that if I do end up pulling it off, you know, that's great. And I knock everyone's teeth out and show them what was real. And if not, then, you know, I learn from it. And I'm, I come out better the next year, hopefully. All right. Chalky with the positive vibes. I like it. Um, so you're currently in fifth place with a 2-1 record. That's a good start. Thank you. Thank you. During the offseason, you visited and continue to visit Bobby's neighborhood frequently. Now, what are you doing there? Are you asking her for blessings? Um, sort of. Uh, so I've got a pretty solid routine down, um, you know, to go get some blessings from Bobby. Uh, every night I go outside, I light a candle, or an agarbati actually, <laughs> place it outside her yard, um, say a couple prayers, say some duas and all that, and then, um, you know, at the end of it, of course, it's all hell, Bobby, you know, uh, and just shower your blessings on me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's dedication, Chakpar. You know, Anil's, uh, Anil's moved out of that neighborhood, and uh, by next year, Bobby will have two. True. Do you think this is the year to uh, move in as a Gurkha Jamai and uh, give you, you know, the give you the necessary blessings to uh, to win your first championship? Um, Actually, would you move in to win your first? Um, would I move in to win my first? Uh, no, I would not move in to just win my first championship. What I would do, and as I stated just now, you know, I would uh, make my way over there wherever she ends up moving to. <laughs> you know, her, her uh, fiancé and future husband is a friend of mine, so, you know, I hope to uh, rekindle that uh, friendship. You know, I think that's uh, in everyone's best interest, mainly mine, mm -hmm. and um, kind of go from there and see how that works out. But no, moving in to that neighborhood is not part of the plan <laughs> and not something I would do. Noted. Um, 
Chalky, you played in the Sacco Bowl last year. You know, uh, how did it feel to be in that game? And uh, like you mentioned earlier, this wasn't <coughs> your first Sacco Bowl. Um, so comparing the two, which one was worse? You know, what were you scared about? Talk to us about uh, both of them. Um, so that was actually, unfortunately, my third Sacco Bowl. Oh, yeah. okay. It was my third Sacco No wonder Sacco you've Bowl. been favored to get Sacco. Yeah, Three I mean, six. that's fine. You know, I understand that. That's okay. Um, but uh, it wasn't, it was a... Uh, you know, things were up in the air. I had a solid team last year, but got hit with injuries pretty badly. You know, I had Bell, I had Fournette. Um, both of them got injured through um, multiple weeks during the season. So that really hurt the team, you know, the team morale overall. But um, uh, going into the Sacco Bowl, I was a little nervous um, because Shemez's team, or our current Sacco, uh, he was... His team was very fluky. You know, some weeks they have solid weeks, and other weeks they just bust it and do nothing so it was really really uncertain how that would turn out um but uh yeah you know it was uh it ended up working out in my favor and i'm okay with that sounds good you know i've actually been in a sacco bowl game myself um it's very nerve-wracking uh it's not fun to be in i feel like um you know everyone doesn't really understand uh how nervous you can get to be in it because it really is a lot on the line um, so good luck to uh, you not getting into the fourth one this year. I appreciate that. Um, you know, Chalkboard, we started a segment where we ask personal questions about each person we have on. Um, this way our fans get to know the players on a better level. So my first question to you is about what you do for work. Everyone knows you're, you, know, you work for your family business in Tara Energy. Sorry, I mean at Texans Energy. Wow. But uh, what exactly do you do for the company? Um, so... I actually do a lot of different things. Um, right now, my main uh, role is more so along the side of product innovation, product development, just maintaining our entire product catalog. Um, I uh, manage our technology team, so we've got a couple developers in-house that I work with daily and just kind of help guide their decision-making and uh, everything that they're working on. Um, and then obviously involved with uh, a lot of uh, management stuff going on. You know, it is a family business after all, so making sure that, you know, I have um, my input in decisions that are made on the daily, whether they're um, short-term or long-term. So it's really what, it, what, uh, what I'm doing every day. So it sounds like you just watch a bunch of TV and Netflix and, and binge-watch. Yeah, something show. like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, over, the, uh, over the last year, I, I think two years, um, you've lost a ton of weight. Uh, hats off to you and congratulations, you, by the way. If you don't mind talking about it in detail, how much weight did you lose? Uh, what motivated you? And what's your new weight goal today? Um, so I am now down. I think I've been fluctuating between that 50 and 60 pound range lost. Um, you know, it's been sort of a maintenance over the last roughly year, um, which I'm not too crazy about. But, you know, it's been a busy year, so it's okay. Um, but... Uh, I do want to lose another 20 to 30 pounds, that's the goal. Um, and so I am uh, actually getting ready to get back on that and make sure that uh, you know, I hit that target for uh, through the end of this year through next summer is kind of the range that I'm uh, looking to get there to get there. Um, but uh, as for what motivated me, that really, um, really came down to uh, living in College Station at the time. Um, and uh, I lived on the third floor of my apartment building. And so weighing like 300 plus pounds, walking up three flights of stairs with groceries, that was uh, a pretty big challenge, you know? And uh, 
After I got done with it, I was, you know, as nasty as it is, dripping in sweat and just panting for my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I sat down, smoked a bowl and was like, damn, <laughs> like, you know, what the fuck? This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. So uh, it was literally just, I still distinctly remember that day. And after that, I just kind of took it upon myself, obviously, to at least get better on the nutrition side is where I started. And then after a couple of weeks, I got into... Uh, just getting cardio involved in my routine and then eventually got into lifting weights and all that. So That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm glad to, uh, glad to hear that had a good impact for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, we've done something like this before, so I figured let's just do it now. Today, one year from now, what do you want to weigh? Uh, today, one year from now, so that's September of next year, uh, my goal is to be between 215 and 225 in that range somewhere all right imperial fans you heard that between 215 and 225 a year from now we'll check back with you next year to see uh, where he uh, <laughs> if he did it or not fingers crossed um well why did people call you chalk bar tell us the story of how that started you know i get this question a lot and mm-hmm. unfortunately it's not as interesting a story as you would hope okay um most people chalk bar oh, chalk bar Chalk bar. Sorry, I just yeah, that's, I felt that was needed. That happens at those moments exactly, actually, so not surprised. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, most people think that I got the name because I would eat a lot of chocolate when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. but that really had nothing to do with it. Oh. It was honestly just a bunch of white kids in my intro to broadcasting class at Fort Settlement mm-hmm. that didn't know how to say Ali Akbar. Um, okay. And so they literally just sat me down. Um, stood around me and said, okay, we're going to come up with a nickname for you because <laughs> we don't want to call you Ali, and your name is Ali Akbar, but we can't say that. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with Chocolate Bar, and slowly over the years that evolved into, it was from Chocolate Bar, for a little bit I was Hershey Bar, and went back to Chocolate Bar, shortened to Chalk Bar, and now there's a bunch of different variations, Chalk, Chalky, Chalks, whatever else you may want to say, so... That's really how it all started. Man, I always assume maybe like the boss just made it up and, no, and, no, and yeah. carried on. He just he kind of flew with it though. <laughs> you know. um, I heard a rumor that you don't like being called chalk bar. Is that true? Um, it's not that I don't like being called chalk bar. It's more so about a, a time and place sort of a thing. You know, in certain situations, I would prefer to be called by my name. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's all love, so it's all good. I don't have any issues with that. If you don't like it, you can tell the people. We'll, oh we'll yeah, I, the, I, I think I would. Uh, I think everyone would knows that I would be very vocal about the fact that I didn't like it. Okay. But you know, I'm good with it. All right, sounds good. Um, how do you feel about all the pictures everyone posts about you? Oh man. Um, yeah, I uh, have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'm just like this is just weird. At some point, you know, especially when people have um, hundreds of photos of me in their <laughs> phone or laptop to the point where their computer or phone thinks that that is themselves. <laughs> that gets a little weird, you know. But um, hey, man, all publicity is good publicity. If it was actual publicity, then sure, you know, but uh, this isn't, I'm not really gaining any, anything out of this, so it's kind of just like... Are you saying you like these pictures to be posted on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all social media networks to make sure that you get the publicity you deserve? They've been posted on all social networks, so I haven't really gotten gained much out of that. Mm. Uh, there have been many photos on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram that have, and group me, Snapchats, whatever you want to... Name off. Random idea. These people that have these pictures maybe could start a social media account, like an Instagram account, for example, and post all of them there so that way fans can like them and look at them and 
sort know, of like cra- sort of crowdsourcing the whole uh, chalk bar yeah. movement. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I can. I think I can get down with that. You know, mm-hmm. as long as I get some sort of cut, if we end up getting, uh, you know, some sort of sponsorship or ambassadorship, you know, I'm good with that. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> and you know, piggybacking off of this conversation, how do you feel about bunnies today? <laughs> I am a big fan of bunnies, actually. Um, I know uh, there are some people that speculate that there's that one photo that I may have uh, tried to eat a bunny. Um, just note to everyone out there, I did not try to eat that bunny. We became really good friends after that. Um, we had some carrots for a snack after that. But uh, overall, you know, I, I love Dying bunnies. Yeah, you know. I'm just kidding. Uh, Chalk Bar, you just moved into a beautiful home. Thank you, or I guess I should say mansion. Uh, how does it feel to live in a masterpiece like this? Um, do you just get off the driveway with a smile on your face after seeing this home when you, you know, drive right in? Yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's a blessing for sure. You know, like, uh, I, this ended up turning out way beyond what I or I think any of us really expected. Uh, it's, we're truly, truly blessed. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this was better than what I imagined in my head, and uh, it's a beautiful place. Congratulations Thank you, Thank again. You. I appreciate it. So let's go ahead and start with the, uh, the week three recaps. First up, uh, we had Sacco's All Hail Bobby versus Chalkbird's Bobby the Bass God. Um, I just noticed both teams giving a shout-out to Bobby. Sacco handed Chalkbird his first loss, beating him 127 to 117. Patrick Mahomes putting up 26 points for Sacco. He might actually be the best free agent pickup so far. Of course, another Chiefs player, Kareem Hunt, putting up 16 points for him. Sacco had 7 out of 10 players scoring double digits. 2-1 with 400 points places Sacco currently in second place. Hopefully with his early success, Sarah can give him a little breathing room. Deshaun Watson finally came out to play for Chalky, and who would have known that Giovanni Bernard would have picked up the slack in Mixon's absence. With Le'Veon Bell refusing to play with Chalkbar, or sorry, refusing to play, will Chalkbar finally trade him? Stay tuned as we all wait to see what he does. <laughs> Next up, we have Sunil's Pimpin' Ain't Breezy versus Mosin's Digs in a Blanket. A self-proclaimed game of the week by Sunil, this was far from it. Pimpin' Ain't Breezy scored a league-high 151, getting him some cash for the weekend. Of course, he'd had the highest points when Drew Brees gives him 40, Eight out of ten players in double digits, including his kicker, fellow Longhorn Justin Tucker. Hook him. Mosin's digs in a blanket decided to stay in their blanket. Barely getting the triple digits, they finished the week with only 108. First game back for Wentz didn't go as planned, giving Mosin only 11 points. Hopefully Fournette comes back soon because Mosin is solely depending on his two RBs and tight end Kelsey to carry his team. His three wide receivers had a combined 18 points. With Devontae Freeman coming back for Sunil, will this finally be the year he gets a trophy? Anil's hero to zero giving Zane's Zen their first win. When the Bills massacred the Vikings last week, this hero went down to zero. Kirk Cousins, Dan Bailey, and the Vikings defense gave him a combined 13 points. Barely crossing 100, 105 points gave Anil the lowest of the week, causing him to pay out. Hopefully his team forgets about the off week and picks it back up. Zane's Zen, spelled capital Z, lowercase e, capital N, won their first game with 139. Recently trading suspended Mark Ingram to me for Emmanuel Sanders. It looks like he didn't even need Sanders. An easy win by 35 points. Will Zen regret the trade later in the season? Todd Gurley continues to shine for him, and even a beat-up Rodgers hobbled his way to 20 points. With Josh Gordon playing this week, will Zen finally start him? Only way to know is to ask Usad what he thinks about Gordon. Just kidding. Stay zen. 
Last but not least is my team versus dumbass Usman's Commissioner Gordon. What a stupid name. Couldn't think of anything better. You punk-ass, bitch-ass, ugly-ass, waste of height. I hope your team takes a big dirty this week. He reversed Jinx's way into another win, giving him a 2-1 to record with the most points this year. Up at number one, he's going for the repeat. Second week in a row, I played someone who doesn't care about people, which he showed by picking up and starting Ben the Rapist Roethlisberger. Ended up being a great start for him because it won him the week 128-120. to Alvin Kamara put up 27 to lead the way for him. Can both Kamara and Melvin Gordon take Usman back to the promised land? Or is he just going to keep reverse jinxing his way there? Who cares? He's an idiot. For my half of the recap, I'd like to make a public service announcement. I want to apologize to the fantasy gods. 0-3, I learned a valuable lesson last week. Believe in the reverse jinx. I've always respected the fantasy gods by asking them to not accept any reverse jinxes that come my way. But when week two... But, uh, sorry, but then week two, Sacco, a.k.a. the fantasy devil, came on here and convinced me he was stupid. And he kept saying, oh, it's a bitch move that Usman does that, and it's a bitch move that everyone does this. But what does he know? He's a Sacco. So all of last week, Usman kept reverse jinxing me, and I kept ignoring it, and the fantasy gods punished me. I asked him to show me mercy. This 0-3 start for me, David Johnson not getting over 20 touches in any game, and the Texans going 0-3 are the punishment I deserved. Fantasy gods, I'm playing Sacco this week, and I'm renewing my faith in you. Please help me, David Johnson, and the Texans turn things around in week four. We could all really use it, and I promise to never lose faith in you again. I will do my best to kindly ask you to not accept any reverse jinxes that come my way. Chalky, let's talk about the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of action this week. <clears throat> what did you think about the pickups? Was there anyone that was overpriced? Who do you think is going to be the best player this week? So it was definitely one of the crazier uh, waiver wire weeks uh, that I've, I think I've ever seen. Um, Calvin Ridley for $23. That was interesting. He obviously blew up last week. Um, so, you know, that explains all the action that went on him. We had one, two, three, four, five, six bids on him. Um, and most or sorry, you won with twenty three dollars. Yep. You know, most ended up winning most of these uh, <laughs> uh, free agent bids. So spent a lot of money yeah, this week. Spent a lot of money this week. Uh, Sixteen dollars on Carry On Johnson. That was interesting to me. Um, you know, he had he's the first uh, line to rush for a hundred yards since Reggie Bush. Um, so that was obviously you know a big deal for the Lions. But is he worth sixteen dollars already? I don't know. I don't know if he's proven himself for that yet. Um, Tyler Boyd for $19. I think um, that was a little high, but, you know, if you need the wide receiver, I think he's definitely um, a great target in uh, PPR League. I looked up his lineup, though. He's not even starting him. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he looks like he's a great breakout candidate for this year, and uh, if the Bengals are playing the way they're playing, you know, um, I think uh, Dalton may be able to handle two, uh, you know, starting wide receivers fantasy-wise. Okay. And then... uh, Mike Williams, $19. That was interesting to me as well. I thought that was uh, probably the more overpriced one in my opinion. But, uh, you know, he's, he's having a pretty good season so far. Uh, I guess, you know, last week he had his 22-point game. So that may be what uh, spurred Mostyn to uh, make that high bid. Mm-hmm. But, again, it looks like he was just chasing some wide receivers to hope that he lands at least one of them that uh, he can start. Yeah, I felt like most of them were just throwing darts and was like, you know what, yeah. I'll get one or two of these guys that'll be long-term for me. It'll be worth the money that he spends. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, um, you know, what Mostyn is, uh, right now he's, I think, uh, sixth place? 
I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Um, let's see here. Most most in seventh place. So yeah. you know, one and two, one and two record. You know, I don't blame him. He's got to throw some darts at this point. Um, I you know I bid on pretty much every single player that was <laughs> on the waiver wire that everyone else bid on. So you know I just uh, my bit my fab's already pretty low, so I didn't want to go too crazy with it. But um, I, I don't blame him for going for it. You know, you got to. No worries. Let's go ahead and talk about a week four matchups. Oh yeah. Um, first up, we have uh, looks like. You, Bobby the Base God versus Zane's Zen. Oh, man. Um, to be completely honest, uh, I'm very, very nervous about this matchup. Uh, with uh, Gurley and uh, Rogers, obviously, two really, really strong players um, perform week in, week out. But then, you know, his wide receivers are starting to shape up a little bit. Will Fuller, obviously, has been having a good season. Galladay's been pretty, pretty steady. Uh, I know uh, Sunil Chacha's been uh, hating on him the last couple weeks, but uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good uh, wide receiver, so good pickup Zen a couple weeks ago. And Sanders, um, who you decided to trade away mm-hmm. for uh, Mark Ingram, uh, definitely helped Zane's team out. I think you may have gotten the better end of the deal, but that's something that we'll have to see, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, you know, and then he's got Dalvin Cook, which obviously – um, he's coming off an injury, but I think he'll end up being a really strong play this week. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. Okay, sounds good. And the second matchup, Commissioner Gordon. That's Usman's team versus Sunil's pimpin' ain't breezy. Oh, this is gonna be a good matchup. You know these two guys love to talk shit to each other. <laughs> um, so to be honest, Usman's team. He's got the two running backs, man, Kamara and Gordon. That stack right there is that's that's deadly. You know, but is it enough to actually take down uh, Odell, DeAndre, and Jarvis with Drew Brees and James Conner? That's going to be tough. You know, we'll see. I think it's going to be a dogfight. So um, we'll see who ends up pulling out on top. But uh, I'm going to have to take uh, – I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Usman be able to, may be able to pull this off. You got Usman winning? Yeah, I have, I have Usman winning this one. Okay, sounds good. And uh, let's see who's next. We got uh... – Let's go to All Hail Bobby by Sacco versus my team, Donish's team. Yeah, so um, first off, Adam Thielen. I have to give you a hand for that one, man. Uh, Thank you. Great, great draft choice. Um, He's been stellar this year. Appreciate Um, that. So I really like that. He's making it for Keenan Allen's bad games. Yeah, you know, uh, I think, you know, Keenan Allen's always, he starts slow, man. He starts slow, then he picks it up. I think he's also going to end up being good, but... Um, starting two Rams wide receivers, that is a uh, that's um pretty ballsy by uh, All Hell Bobby. You know, both of them going against this pretty stout Minnesota defense. Uh, I know they uh, had some injuries last week, but uh, it's still still uh, still a ballsy pick. And he's got LA Rams defense playing, so you know it looks like he uh, kind of put put most of his eggs in that basket. So one heavy on the Rams. Yeah, I think um. I really uh, I think you're going to pull this one off, man. Good Thank luck you. to you, I, you know. I needed um, that first win. I really need it. And, yeah, uh, for sure. I just, you know, we got to, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the was big just X about factor, to say, you know? with, with uh, his heaviness on the Kansas City yeah. team, he's got Mahomes yeah, and see. Hunt. But they are playing Denver, you know. Uh, Denver is a good defense, so... Um, who knows? I, this may be the this may be the week that Mahomes comes back down to earth. But we'll Patrick see. Mahomes is playing a better game than Peyton Manning was a few years oh, ago. Oh yeah, I'm expecting Mahomes to get at least thirty here. Cream Hunt with another twenty five. These wide receivers with the Rams will probably get a few more points. I think Sacco's going to take this. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see I'm, you know, like I'm just going to say it here. You know? Good game, Sacco. You've already got the win. <laughs> let's let's start it off. Let's start yeah, it off right. Go, there you go. That's the way to do it. 
And then the last matchup for week four is Anil's here to zero. Um, and uh, let's see who he's playing. Mosin's digs in a blanket. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, also another interesting matchup. Here to zero, starting his week off without a kicker. Um, I know he had Dan Bailey, I believe, but um, that didn't work out for him, obviously, last week. So, uh, you know, I think he's uh, obviously getting ready to get something picked up this weekend, hopefully, uh, depending on how this matchup turns out for him. But uh, he's also got a really solid team. Um, his running backs, I think, are low-key really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people are kind of not, not keeping him in that conversation. But his wide receivers, and obviously, like, from Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and Juju. Juju being that guy this year, man. That's a solid, solid flex player right there. And Phillip Rivers, man. So. You know, I first thought it was going to be weird to have Antonio Brown and yep. Juju. I called him out of the draft. But that's really been working out for yeah, him. Man. Ben's been killing it. Um, unfortunately for me for the last two <laughs> weeks, but he's been doing great. Also, I've noticed that he had Kirk Cousins in and took him out to start Phillip Rivers. Oh. Cousins currently playing with already 16 points in the second quarter. I hope that uh, that doesn't hurt him. As I've said before, I know it's been my favorite to win the championship, do a repeat this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see uh, how it goes. So who do you got winning this game? Um, honestly, the only thing that I'm iffy about for uh, Diggs in a Blanket is Fournette. How is he going to... How is he going to be this week coming off that injury? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the same injury, I think, that was uh, that fucked me last year. Yeah. Pardon my uh, French. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, starting him right off the bat this week and letting him run loose is going to be uh, it's, it's a pretty ballsy move. Uh, he has Marshawn Lynch. He's got uh, Deion Lewis, who's a decent option. He has on Johnson, who he spent a nice chunk of change on. So mm-hmm. he has good options, but, you know, he was going, going for it all this week. So, you know, um, honestly, I'm going to have to take here to zero this week. I think he's going to pull it off. All right. And what I just noticed was he spent a good amount of money on his bench. I yep. mean, who did he start that he picked up this week with Diggs Mike, in a blanket? Mike Williams looks to be the only guy he put in. All right. Well, I guess this was more of a long-term play, mm-hmm. I and mean, I did the same thing with Ridley. Now we have Sunil Chacha's lines. <laughs> Please remember these are all real lines that you can bet with a max bet of $10 and a minimum of $1. First up, we have Sunil's Pimpin' Ain't Breezy versus Usman's Commissioner Gordon. Now you picked who to win that matchup? Uh, I had um, Pimpin' Ain't Breezy. All right, well, Pimpin' Ain't Breezy is an underdog at plus 130, while Commissioner Gordon is favored at minus 150. The second hmm. matchup is your matchup. Uh, Chalk Bar's Bobby the Base God and Zane's Zen. Uh, Bobby the Base God as this week's underdog plus 150. Mm-hmm. And this week's biggest favorite, and notably the biggest favorite we've ever had, Zen at minus 170. Chalk Bar, would you like to place the first bet ever on the podcast? Plus 150 on myself. You know what? Um, I, I kind of like that uh, that line right there for me. I'm going to have to uh, think about that. Uh, and I will okay. be in contact with either you or uh, Sunil Chacha to get that, uh, please, get that bet in. Please talk to Sunil Chacha about uh, okay. all bets. Make sure they are posted in the group chat. Of course. And you did also like Pimpinate Breezy at plus 130. You're going to take him there? Oh, I don't know if I, I'm going to put my money on Mr. Uh, Mr. Breezy over there. You know. Okay. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see all how right. that works out. Third matchup, Anil's here to zero and Mosin's digs in a blanket. Both evenly matched up here mm-hmm. in uh, Sunil Chacha's eyes. Had a minus 110 apiece. You like anything interesting there? Interesting line, interesting line. Uh, yeah. You know, um, like I said, 
Anil starting his week off without a kicker. So to see that they're evenly matched up like that, that's interesting. So okay. we'll see. And last but not least, final matchup, my team versus Sacco's All Hell Bobby. All Hell Bobby is an underdog for whatever reason. I've already wished him good game, uh, plus 120, while my team is favored at minus 140. The public's been cheering on uh, Donish's team, which is never a good thing. Now, every week we ask our guests to pick who they think will be this year's champ and this year's Sacco. After the first three weeks, who are your picks? Oh, man. Um... This year's uh, champ, I, uh, you know, honestly, I have a, unfortunately, I have a sinking feeling in my gut that this may be Sunil's year. Oh. Yeah, I just, I don't know what, I, I, I think uh, his, uh, his team is solid. You know, that James Conner pickup that he fucked me out of in the draft. <laughs> I think that ended up working out really well for him, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, those wide receivers are deadly. So I have a feeling this might be his year, but who knows, man? You know, obviously we all want to see the Utah Jazz stay the Utah Jazz, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. And who's your pick for Sacco? Pick for Sacco, man, that's tough. Um, you know, honestly, starting off the year, I thought, uh, I thought it would be Zen, honestly. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was my favorite, but uh, he's, starting, he's been putting in work, you know, and his team is starting to shape up a little bit, but, you know... Uh, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out for him. So, but like I said, starting last as of last week or the week before, uh, he was my favorite. Okay. So, so for me, you made a really good point about Sunil's team with James Conner. Mm-hmm. I feel his value has skyrocketed up now that oh, yeah. Bell is talking about being traded. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that, I think I'm gonna follow your pick there and put him as lead champ. Mm-hmm. For the Sacco, I thought you were being really nice. Um, the obvious choice is me. I'm zero and three. Uh, if I don't beat Sacco here, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it doesn't look like I'm going to beat him. I'm already wishing him a good game. Um, so hopefully uh, none of those Rams players come through and uh, Mahomes goes out and I get an easy win. And um, uh, let's see over here. And then other than that, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you for joining us and hope to see you again um, on our week five podcast. We appreciate all of the Imperial FFC fans for tuning in and the NFL for allowing us to play fantasy football. As always, we hope that Bobby blesses each and every one of you. Bless up.